Hello and welcome to episode 73 of the Good Good Golf Podcast. Rod Murray in the host seat as we prepare once again to wander the golf road less travelled. There's a few issues buzzing around the place this week. The PGA Tour is oddly named Player Impact Program, the most intriguing of them. But we won't be talking a lot about that because after a couple of years of ridicule from me, my co-host in this good, good adventure finally gets to turn the tables today. Adrian Logue has now ticked Barn Boogle Dunes off his bucket list. And in a delicious example of it serves me right, he's actually now one up because he's seen the new short course there and I haven't. Mm-hmm. So while it's a rare occurrence, it seemed a good opportunity to have just the two of us on board today to talk about what I think is one of the game's truly special venues. Logue, welcome back. Looking forward to the chat about Barn Boogle Dunes, which I suspect, despite the hype, you found lived up to expectations. It did live up to expectations. Um, it's, It's one of those places, isn't it, that you hear so much about it, but it actually delivers on... On uh, that reputation. Yeah. Um, it's the yeah. vibe, as they say in the council. It is. It's the vibe. Indeed. Yeah. Let's start right at the beginning. So how did this all come together? I know I've been poking fun at you for the best part of two years since I found mm-hmm. out you hadn't been to Barn Booger Despite playing some amazing courses in corners of the world that most people never get to, yeah. hadn't been to probably the best public access golf course in the world. In the Certainly world. the best public access golf course in Australia, yeah. just an hour and a half away by plane. Tell us how this sort of unfolded and then maybe give us a little inkling of how the feelings were as you sort of arrived in Launceston and then you got the drive up to Barnboogle. It's quite the pilgrimage, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. Well, the reason I had never been was that I didn't have a work reason for going. Because <laughs> um, you never do any work. <laughs> well, I'm not going to – well, everywhere I've played, I've I've – gotten to play there because work has taken me to the general region and then I try and get some golf in or I take some annual leave either side of whatever work thing I'm doing. And before you send emails, he knows how truly blessed and lucky he is for that to have been the case, yes. <laughs> exactly. Right. And so I don't, I'm not going to like spend my own money to go <laughs> play, but look, that's all travel's been off since COVID, so I actually had to like just spend my own money. Yeah. Like, like a common person. <laughs> like working media. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, I went down, and that's what it took to, yeah, so I went down to Barnboogle uh, with some friends. Our, our friend of the podcast, Mike Sidgreaves, Sidgreaves. is probably listening to the podcast, organised the whole the golf thing. golf travel agency for anybody interested Free in the golf, the golf anyway. travel agency. Um, he did fantastic service. Those guys, those guys do a fantastic job. Because and they're golfers. Mike organised all that's this. That's why, because they're golfers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and their travel agents yeah, as well. exactly. We could do a whole ad read for them. Um, but yeah, Mike, I rang up Mike. I was just chatting and I said, oh, look, I wouldn't mind going on a bit of a trip. What do you think? Do you want to come come with me somewhere? And he's gone, well, how about Barnboogle? And I said, yeah, okay, well, let's do that. Let's do it. And he was straight in, didn't ask the wife or anything. I, I took a little bit of a process to get permissions <laughs> and <laughs> got all di- that in order. Different marital arrangements in play there, yes. And, um, uh, but we all got it sorted and then we, we got a, a small group of people, Rob Williamson, who a lot of people will know. Um, from, Andy, from Twitter, one, two, three, um, four, I think. Yeah. Was down there and uh, a couple of others, um, and uh, yeah, we had a fantastic time. So, um, as I said, it's a bit of a pilgrimage mm. to get there, which I think is part of the appeal of Barn Boogle. Am I right? It's not as fun as it used to be. When I first went to Barn Boogle way back, when you get off the plane in Launceston, there was no belts for your baggage. Mm-hmm. The little train came around with the trailer and then it was just a like seagulls on chips yeah. you had to dive in and retrieve your baggage that was always a bit of sport but Montessant's airports come a lot a bit of a ways there well, yeah. the, the trip down is all 
in a funny way. It's a real part of it, don't you think? Uh, yeah, it is, yeah. Uh, you have to go Jetstar, first of all, direct from Sydney, which is like, you know, it's not off to a great start. <laughs> but um, Launceston's a pretty cool little airport. It's one of those ones where you just pull up next to the terminal and they're just like they've just parked the plane, <laughs> literally just parked the plane somewhere near the terminal. And you, you get off. Um, you pass all the people on the way out who are about to go and get on the plane once it's refueled to head straight back. Exactly. We've got a driver. I heard, like, inside travel industry talk that Launceston's basically just out of rental cars. Yeah. Um, it's a real and, problem. A lot of places in Australia. Mate. Yeah. You can, and you could pay, you know, $300 a day for a yeah. um, Hyundai, a little yeah. boxy Hyundai or something. Um, so uh, Launceston is, yeah, I highly recommend a driver, the driver option. You're going to get to Barmboogle. There's nothing else. You you don't need to go anywhere else. Just get driven up there and get driven back. And it's actually pretty cheap if you're sharing it for amongst four or five people. Um, And uh, that's what we did. And the countryside in Tasmania is beautiful, as everyone knows. Um, But it's very distinctly Australian countryside, and it's quite remarkable. You don't actually strike that dunes land. You don't see any of it, really. Until you enter the property at oh, the property, that's exactly right. And then suddenly you're in a different... You're in Ireland. Yeah, well, <laughs> Ireland or Scotland or something. And it's interesting, one of the comparisons, I think, between Lost Farm and Dunes is it's a little bit like Ireland versus Scotland, yes, those, those two courses. Um, so, but yeah, it's an amazing, that little transformation where you just cross this boundary into, the, into that property and suddenly it's Dunes land. Before we talk about some of the golf specifics... The stuff I reckon they get right at Barnburgle Dunes. Did you stay at the Dunes course? You did, didn't you? Yeah. As opposed to Lost Farm. So there's, yep. there's two places you can stay with the two courses there. The little Brighton Beach boxes, yep. the clubhouse, overlooking, all the stuff that no accountant would sign off on is what makes that so special, don't you reckon? that mm. the, the appeal of Barnburgle isn't just the golf. It's all the stuff around it. It's very simple. The fences made out of driftwood and stuff that they've just found on the property. Yeah, they're good, aren't they? Yeah. Just fantastic. And they're, yep. they're little touches, but they really make a difference, I think. Yeah, just around the clubhouse there, they've got a few cement paths, which is, you know, a little bit, it's kind of a necessary. Nod, yeah. A nod to uh, modern convenience there. Uh, but once you get it beyond the clubhouse, it's all the the path situation at Barnboogle is pretty good, actually. <laughs> Everybody's um, waiting to get the breakdown of the paths. But, uh, but yeah, you just go between that little clubhouse and those those, or I guess lodges or something you call them, beach boxes. I yeah, think is what they. And uh, we were actually lucky enough to be staying in a little villa up on the hill, which is hot tip. If fantastic. you get a chance to stay in the villas, go to the villa. It's by far the best way to do it, Bombay. That's right, I think. And there's even more upmarket accommodation, yeah. I think, uh, that's set out on the course, um, just left of the ninth, I think. Yes, it's it's an amazing little thing that's up on the hill. cube, boxy yeah. things that look pretty new, though, and yeah, funky. really remarkable looking. But the villas are set beautifully into the dune there, They're like like these little bunkers, cement bunkers set into the dune, and they um, fit into the landscape really well. In fact, um, you can't see them almost until you no. get to them. If you turn around as you go down the first hole and look back, mm-hmm. you yeah. can see them into in the dune there. But apart from that, they're completely inconspicuous. That's right. I got a good photo of that. With a rainbow was settled right on our villa. So uh, looking back on it from the first, um, so that accommodation is great. One of the things um, from a, a just an observation, I guess, would make is that. There isn't enough accommodation, and I don't think they've got enough accommodation to fill all the tea times at the two courses. Mm. Um, I'm not sure, but never they, they could they could do a bit better, I think, if they had more beds. There's quite a bit at Lost Farm, isn't there? Lost Farm's a much more modern sort of a structure. It's a much more formal brick structure, more like a sort of motel style rooms, and yeah. uh, and you can understand why they've. That's done getting it. a lot more families and couples and things going there. Yeah, they've got the spa there, and yeah, that's the, exactly and right. a, a very good restaurant. 
Oh, <laughs> yeah. More yeah. Retro. <laughs> yeah. Two incredible wine cellars at, at yeah. each of the golf courses got an amazing wine cellar. Yeah. Right, enough of all that. I, I only ask you about those things because to me, the golf is amazing. When you leave the place, it's all you can think about is the golf. But as you get a bit more distance from the trip, all those little things oh, yeah. really, really do make – if Barnburgle was in the middle of a city surrounded by apartment towers, it wouldn't be anywhere near as special. It would mm. still be the same amazing golf course. It wouldn't be anywhere near as special, special an experience. Yeah. Oh, and don't really forget got the food as well. The um, the food in the Dunes Clubhouse is just simple oh, simple stuff, but, but really well done. The seafood chowder. I don't know. Did you have that when you were there, Rob? I'm not a seafood eater, so no. Oh well, the the seafood chowder was amazing. It's it's something quite special. Um, like that's that's that sort of thing that you associate like the turtle soup with the uh, natural right, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it is. yeah exactly. The, the gelado where you do the luncheon. Yeah, the um, shinnecock and and gelado one. That yeah, sort of thing. the uh, the seafood chowder should be the thing for Barnboogle. It, it's quite amazing. Um, and then over at Lost Farm. In the sports bar there, they have the pizzas, which are pretty good too. Oh, amazing. And it's kind of exactly what you want. It's a, it is exactly yeah. what you want. You're right. Yeah. Exactly. You yeah. want an $18 pizza, I think it is, and they make it there right there at the bar. You can yeah. put it in the thing and it's They all- do do that well. And I'm thinking back fondly on that after these stupid Apple turnovers we just had <laughs> <laughs> before like, we had the Loke podcast. Had another, has had another bad commute to the studios today and made worse by the fact that he bought a couple of Apple turnovers and they were rubbish. Yeah, they were so, rubbish. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But we're full of sugar and fat, so yep. that's good. Yep. Let's talk about the golf. What were you expecting? I think I got what I was expecting. I, like, I've played a fair bit of Lynx golf, and I, you know, I've played Mornington and, you know, th- those ones as well. So I've got a sense of Australian Lynx golf as well, and uh, it delivers that, but it is clearly a, a, a level above anything else in Australia. Um Firstly, the dunes land itself is probably the finest set of dunes I think I've seen anywhere in the world. Stunning. Really stunning. Yeah. I mean, they're kind of the perfect size for golf. They're not your towering dunes of a Port Stewart or something, but they're also not your sort of flat, subtle dunes of a Scotland. They're you can play somewhere between in them between. and over them and on them and up yeah. them and down them. They're completely versatile. Yeah. They're exactly the right size. It are. is an amazing uh, dunescape. And the... Also, the grass combination, like the grass climate combination there is just about as perfect, I think, as you can get in Australia. Mike Clayton says it's by far the best. Yeah. But the contact between turf, ball and club at Barnboogle is unique in Australia and it's by far the best that you can get anywhere in Australia. And if you come from Sydney, especially where you play on Kaikuyu, Mm -hmm. it's... It's like playing golf on a different planet. It's interesting because Kaikyu is perfect for Sydney. It's like, fabulous. It, ball it grows up. like a weed. It's yep. green all year round. It's like a miracle grass, actually. Yep. It just the ball just doesn't run through it. But you can get it quite tight and and firm uh, if you really look after it. But you know, nonetheless, it's just really ideal for Sydney. But that fine fescue down there yep. and in Tasmania is just so perfectly suited for Tasmanian climate. And it's perfectly suited for golf. For golf, yeah. So it, it's just a really good intersection of turf, climate, and golf. And, of course, it's just fine fescue all the way yeah. from you know, tea to, to green. Tea to green. They just mow the greens a bit shorter. Um, and there's some sort of marum grass or something off to the sides, uh, which is and spectacular to look at. Yeah. Running around through there. So let's talk about the golf itself. Let's talk about the – there's a lot to love. Okay, first things first. 
did you have a preference between the Dunes course and the Lost Farm course? It's, of course, the great debate in both clubhouses for everyone who goes. I know. It's right. a silly one, but you can't help, can you, but try to compare them. I'm torn. I'm I'm torn between two lovers feeling like a fool. <laughs> <laughs> Sounding like one, too. Um, yeah, I'm probably a Dunes man. I'm a Dunes man. Um, it, the Dunes. Which did you play first? I played the Dunes first. I wonder I if that has prints on you. I played the yeah. Dunes before I played Lost Farm, and I wonder whether if you played Lost Farm first, you're naturally a farm fan. I think it could be that sort of could a be. venue. Yeah, simple they, as that. They imprint on you. One yeah, maybe that's right. Um, they, I mean, there's distinctive differences between the two, mm-hmm. and we did the match play thing where you play uh-huh. off like as a group. We did it where you play off hole one versus hole one, hole God, two versus hole nerd two. Nerd heaven <laughs> was <That's> fantastic. <laughs> it was a particularly nerdy little session that one, um, and we came out all square between the two, wow. which I was really surprised at. I, I was that's looking a very for a way, rare result in one of those. Yeah, I was looking for dunes to win but it does have this x factor dunes which i think takes it over the top it's it's got a lot more stuff happening in the fairways consistently more spectacular stuff I yeah think. it's more spectacular stuff it's kind of 18 great holes yeah. as well um it's a real adventure there's some there's some shots where you can go to sleep a little bit on lost farm mm-hmm. but the dunes is very engaging from a golf point of view on every single shot there's you're fully engaged you just look at it and your golf senses are locked in yeah um, right from the very first tee shot, yeah. Where I think you were on the episode when Clades told us that they cut through that dune that you hit through on oh, the R five. Yeah, that that dune used to go right across, and they Be interesting. They said, it's oh, a blind we'll, shot, wouldn't it? Yeah, we'll, we'll <laughs> go. Well, we'll go down through here, and then two yep. days later they came back, and Jason, I think the young bloke's name is, he just removed it, right. <laughs> created the pathway through there. Which, when you've seen it, is like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it, it's sort of fitting for the way that course is laid out. The routing at the dunes is. Is quite brilliant. I think it's brilliant too. I couldn't agree more. If you look at it Phenomenal. from an aerial, it, all of the holes are sort of facing in the same orientation. And you might say, well, that's a bit, you know, you want holes facing in all directions. But the prevailing wind down there is just so strong and such a big factor that you kind of just want the course to be set up to to work best with the prevailing wind. And and sort of going in one of two directions. You're either playing everything into the wind or everything with the wind. And I don't know which is tougher, <laughs> to be honest, because you get to a little hole like the seventh, which everybody knows, wow. the 100-metre par three. Shortest and, par five in Australia. Yeah, well, I played – I hit a four-iron. It's 100-metre hole. Um, I hit a four-iron into like a five-club wind or something. And uh, it was pin high, and I, you know, I made a mess of it from there, of course, but – um, downwind, I imagine that's even harder. Yeah, worse. Exactly, much worse. Because you end up over the back. Yeah. Well, and what do you? What sort of shot do you play? It's it's nuts. It's an incredible hole. But that shot's typical of the way the dunes really engages you on every single golf shot. There's, There's more difficult shots on the dunes, I think, like that one um, and the shot into the twelfth, the short par four. Mm-hmm. We'll go through the holes a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. What were, so what were the standout holes? We'll talk about some of the standout shots. What some of the standout holes did you feel on dunes, and then some of the standout holes on the Lost Farm course. Uh, I mean, the dunes has a lot of standout holes. Mm-hmm. The third is is good. The fourth is all world. That um, the short par the, four. The short par four with Giant. a massive bunker on the corner. Uh, Rob Williamson almost drove the green there. Actually, yeah. went the yeah, which is I've driven the green there. Oh, I right. hit it particularly long. But if you oh. can just get it over that bunker, yeah. it'll bounce down and onto the green. Everything feeds and rolls down to four feet, and then you miss the putt. That's how that works. I, I didn't. I don't play it like that at all. I just out to the left. <laughs> um, but and that's a fabulous hole. Um, 
the you know, sixth is great, the, and then the seventh maybe the best par three in Australia. What do you think? Is, is there a better par three in Australia? Well, I've if, played I mean, all of Australia's great par threes, <laughs> but my goodness, it'd have to be up there in terms of engaging the golf brain. You're absolutely right. You could hit any number of clubs there in any number of different conditions, and it, even in still conditions, it's brutally difficult green to hit, yeah. brutally difficult golf hole, but incredibly exciting. Real excitement, real sense of achievement if you find the green there. Yeah. It's a completely legitimate shot to lay it up just short right of the green. Mm-hmm. Completely legitimate. In Absolutely. fact, it might be the smartest of all the shots yep. Yep. to try and get it up there. So, yeah, maybe the best part three in Australia. It's certainly it's in the conversation. Yeah. Oh, look, fifth at Royal Melbourne West yep. is not as good a hole from a golf point of view. Like, it's, you know, it's, it's long pretty. It's very yeah. pretty. It's like, stunning. it's set into a dune and um, it's a very interesting green and it's by far the best hole at almost every course in Australia if you plonked it anywhere in Australia, but it's just not as good a golf hole as the seventh at Barnbuckle June. It's a different sort of golf hole. Yeah, very different. different We're talking par threes here. Yeah. Um, The the seventh at Barnbuckle June is probably a little bit more akin to the seventh at Royal Melbourne West. Yes. little pinhole. Put it this way. Nobody who's ever played the seventh at Barnbuckle Dunes will ever forget it. You'll be able to picture that hole in your mind for the rest of your life even if you only play it once. Yeah, absolutely. It really yep. is that remarkable. And that's really a theme for the whole course. The mm. the dunes I had no problem at all recalling every hole. Yep. Um, Lost Farm had a lot more trouble the recalling same. the holes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, continuing to go through. This is going to be boring for people who haven't played it, but for people you who have play played it. People like you used to be. On, yeah. <laughs> people who haven't played people it, shame on you. People you're now laughing at. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for people who have played it, um, you'll want to hear your favourite holes mentioned, I guess. The eighth is controversial. Great hole. Par yeah. four and a half. Yeah, it's par four and a half. That, uh, depending on the wind, of course, but uh, that big gully you've got before the green, sensational, and the the whole the way that works up into the green. Did Rob Williamson show you Clates's tee off to the left? Yeah, we played Clates' yeah. tee. Wow. Um, so you walk off the eighth green to the left, and there's a flattened area, which is obviously was a candidate for a tee. Um, there's no pathway going off it up to the ninth fairway. No. So it just doesn't work as a permanent tee. You'd never put, you'd never see them put markers there. I think I would you would have never walk have back known across it was the there unless I'd been there yeah. with Mike Clayton. <laughs> the team has got yeah. a name for. But it's a much better shot. It's a fabulous shot. You're hitting up a valley. It, it does. It's the tee shot of nine actually is one of my favourites as well. I'm not sure that I'd necessarily the regular one. Yes. Yeah. It will hitting up the valley that. like that is actually a little bit out of character with dunes compared to mm. lost farm like yes. I, I think that's one of the key differences lost farm hits along like through a lot of the yes. valleys whereas dunes you can tell a lot of the the magic of the routing at the dunes is they found the best green sites and the best tea sites and it's up to you to get from the tea to the yeah. to the green and there's a lot of stuff that happens in between there that's true yeah um whereas the dunes oh, sorry lost farm they've They've defined the path for you much yes. more in, from tea to green. Um, so there's a, there's a lot more formality to the way it's laid out at Lost Farm, uh, which is less exciting a little bit, but visually more interesting in some ways. Lost mm-hmm. Farm's very pretty. So. Beautiful golf course, Lost Farm. Beautiful yeah, golf course. Yeah. Yeah. Eighth, ninth. Tenth is a great green site. Possibly my favourite looking that and seven at Lost Farm, yeah. which just just – Flows up the hill, which mm-hmm. sounds ridiculous, but yeah. the green side, that's an amazing green side, I think, seven yep. at Lost Farm. But well, actually, the skyline green at 10 is just extraordinary. Back to the ninth at Dunes, that mm-hmm. that green's very notable as well for for going from front to back yes, as well, much. Um, yep. sloping from front to back. Uh, and it's a rare piece of variety there. Almost every green, 
I was really struck, and I never got the hang of this, but I was really struck by both of the courses, more than any Lynx course I've ever been to before, how never aiming at the pin is the right thing to do. Oh, absolutely, yeah. There, there's it's feed, that feeder slopes there, and they're not just there for the fun thing as you're walking off the green just to hit a ball and see what it does. They're there. That's how you're meant to play them. Yeah. And, you know, I've never really encountered it. The six of that, three at the Dunes course, I think is probably the best example of that. Hit it 30 yards left of the flag. Yeah. There's an acre of room out there. Hit it 30 yards left and it'll all come down. That's it. right. Yeah, it's terrible on the right. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's yeah, it was quite remarkable. Um, but yeah, the 10th, getting back, I, I see what you like about the 10th. Going into it, I knew a little bit about the 4th, the 7th and the 10th. Yes. Those are the sort of marquee holes, I think, at Dunes. And I instantly recognised all the landmarks there. And I can see why. The tents are you know, fairly – it's a great green site. Um, it gets me every time that they just cut a green into a hill yes. like that. It's, <laughs> it gets me every time. It's good. It's fantastic. Yeah, You can't really go wrong. Just cut a green yeah, into a hill. Just, just let it step up there. It's, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, it just steps up. It's, it's, a, you know, it's a good starting point for any hole. Um, yeah, 11th. 11th, maybe a little bit of a weak hole. I don't know, but it's still it's, it's still incredible, <laughs> spectacular up uphill down. The diagonal Dale. green there really makes it, it. It sits sort of bottom right to top left the green, so it's it's not an easy green to hit even with a short club. Yeah. You can reach it in two if the wind's behind you, especially. But did you go over to the right hand side of the green and look down into the bunker? That bunker's spectacular. I've if, taken a few photos. If of that you're bunker. afraid of heights, yeah. Yeah. that's not a good place to be. It's, yeah. Brutal that bunker that's sort of over the back right of that green. And yeah. Oh, the back one. I was thinking the front, the one that leads up to the front right there. There's a big chain of massive bunkers that reminded me a lot of the fourth at Royal Melbourne West. Uh huh. The the big sort of the massive yeah, yeah. like chain of bunkers that lead up to the front right of that green. Um, but yeah, it's you know it's noteworthy. All the holes there are pretty amazing. Twelfth um, is a very good short par four, probably the most exposed part of the entire property yes, on the green there. I never feel like it's actually drivable. No, I don't. the twelfth—it is, but unlike four, you, I've never stood on the tee there and thought, "Well, it's generally into the wind." I suppose but it's I've a very repelling stood. sort of green. Yeah, as well. everything about the entire yeah. hole is repellent. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, a, it's a real <laughs> walk on eggshells. Yeah, yeah, it makes you, you know, feel uncomfortable. Find the fairway and chip it down somewhere near the green, and hope you get it up and down for for four. You sh- you've, you look at the scorecard; you should be making three there occasionally, but you never think that's standing on the tee. I don't reckon. Yeah. Yeah, um, the the 13th, the par 3, has got one of the best greens on the entire property. It's the other. It's the Sitwell Park yeah, it's sort of tribute. Ridiculous. It, yeah, it is a crazy and stuff. I, I imagine every group, I've never been to the Dunes course without spending 20 minutes on that green, unless there's a group directly behind you. You spend 20 minutes on that green just for the fun of it, chipping and putting. That's fantastic. All yeah. imaginable hole locations, just phenomenal. Yeah, and in the match play, try and think about that match play of that one versus 13 at Lost Farm. The big, the most photographed hole at Lost Farm, the big thing that follows the the valley, the long par four that follows the valley. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which one do you give it to out of those two? Um, probably, which is which is the better hole? The I would give it to the thirteenth of the Dunes. The Dunes with the spectacular yeah. green. Yeah, yeah. It's probably a better golf hole. The mm-hmm. <laughs> You've got me. Yeah, you're right. As a golf hole, sweeping right to left. If you can hit a draw off the tee, and, and then it's a Pretty straightforward straight into the ground, but it's a beautiful spectacle. But I still think the 13th at the Dunes is so much fun. Yeah. Yep. I've never spent 20 minutes on the green at 13 at Lost Farm or any of the shots at Lost Farm wanting to have another go, another go, another go. And I, 
that's fun, which is what golf needs more of. And the 13th of the June is just pure fun. Yeah, it's really indicative of the differences between the two yeah, courses. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, so that, that's a good hole. Uh, so 14, uh, 14, yeah, is that part five, five? Just sort of gets you to the end of the property. It's kind of. It's all right. I mean, it's still it's a good hole. You certainly wouldn't call it anything but a good hole. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's reached the dizzying heights of good, which in terms of the rest of the June's course is fairly mediocre. Yeah. Um, 15 spectacular. And uh, we've got another little Mike Clayton yeah. secret to unlock there. Clayton's pool table. Yeah. So do you want to describe that one? Well, I was lucky enough. In fact, I could have died this day and been happy to play about, I think we, I don't know if we played all 18 holes. Might have played 14 holes. Myself and Mike Sidgreaves and Mike Clates late in the afternoon. Yeah. Unexpected. Surprise. There's some light left. Let's go out and play. I'd never played with Clates before. I was as nervous. as played terribly. But to watch Clates play golf was just a, just a joy. Yeah. And on that 15th hole, for anyone who's been there, the tee shot leads you out to the left towards a big dune, and then you turn very slightly right and hit up the hill to the green, which is sort of long and narrow. We stood on the tee, wind howling right to left off the little inlet there off the river, and Clates says... Just over that dune you can see on the right, there's a little flat area and it's the best angle to the green and it's the flattest lie on the golf course. I said, well, that's handy. Who could ever hit that? And of course, he stood up there with the driver and just went, pop. <laughs> and he hit it over this dune. He said, that'll be good. And you can't see where it lands. So we walk up there and he's right. There's, would it be, the size of two or three pool tables yeah, maybe? it's not real big. There's this square of flat, completely flat land without a single divot. Nobody's ever hit it in the history of the golf course. No one knows it's there except Clates. And he's just driven it there in this howling wind. And it might be one of the most impressive things I've ever seen live on a golf course. Yeah. Man, he just wedges it up to four feet and then goes and picks up the ball. Don't even bother putting it. It's like, what are you doing? You can make it. And he's just chatting away. And oh, when we were over here. Anyway, so yes, Clates' table, I think I'll call that. Yeah, well, I, I sliced it onto that. <laughs> I <was> just... <laughs> I was aiming the sensible line and hit a big carved a big slice and it ended up there. So I, I, I went I went up that hill just past that dune. I've seen my ball there and on this perfectly flat. <laughs> just, this must this be the it. place. This is the place. The um, mythical Clates. Yeah, yeah. But isn't fifteen? So the dunes course I think is probably different to the Lost Farm in this way. You have to make a decision on almost every single shot yeah. at the dunes course. Every single – tee shots, second shots, shots yeah. around the green, all demand a thought of, I could do this or this. There always seems an option. I can go left mm-hmm. and have this, or I can try and go tighter to the right. There's, there's a real – And your options are in the air as well, like yeah, high, low, a, along the ground. Yes. There's a lot to think about. <laughs> there is. There's yeah. a lot. It's a constant stimulation. Yeah. So much so you don't really look around much. It's, That's it's true, actually. You're probably very, very engaged. Except for the walk between the fourth green and the fifth tee, which oh, we just is, completely skipped which over. We just that, skipped we? over. That's yeah. right. Yeah. We'll come back to that. Some of the other non golf elements as well. Yeah. Um, so, just finishing off the course, I guess 16's a uh, pretty par three, long, pretty. To me, it's the blandest hole on the property. Well, second at Dunes is pretty bland. It's good green, but. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah. They're probably neck and neck. Um, I mean, to call a 16th bland, though, is pretty amazing. You know, it's got. The bat straight off to your right, and yeah, the settings. <laughs> but as, um, in terms of the rest of the golf holes, it's and, and there's still a lot happening on that green. Uh, big patch of kaikuyu, talking grass actually. Big yeah, patch of kaikuyu yeah. to the right of that green. There, they want to get the roundup through there. I reckon, otherwise, it'll it'll take over the whole course. <laughs> yeah, well, it probably will. Seventeen's <laughs> um, a very strong part. Super four. difficult golf. Yeah, a lot of fun with that tee shot. Um, trying to sling it out over the water and bring it back. Unfortunately, there's like a huge bunker there. You think you've 
you've played a brilliant shot out over the water, slinging it back, only to be caught by this massive fairway bunker that's there. Uh, but a very strong hole and a really great green. Really um, tough approach. If it's into the wind at all, it's a long and brutally difficult approach. Yeah. Very narrow at the green. Yeah, narrow. And a green. lot going on at the green where you, if you miss- Repels on the left and death so. on the right. Yeah. yeah. That that green, if you're, if you're playing the course and you remember to do this, when you're up on the 12th, that- the twelfth green, the very high yep. exposed one, you get a great view down on the seventeenth yes. green, and it's worth just sitting there and taking a photo or two because it's pretty spectacular from there. Um, so yeah, good hole. Eighteenth, I'm you know I didn't didn't love the eighteenth. It's awkward drive. Um, Do the one hole again? Yeah, it's long, good, good green, really interesting uh, hollow in front of the green, and there's there's a lot happening there. I mean, there's a lot happening on every hole, um, but interestingly, the eighteenth. Again, I think illustrates the differences between the dunes and Lost Farm. If you look off the left of the 17th green, that I feel like that's where Bill Core would have put a tee for 18. Because yes. it just goes up a valley yeah, straight cool. onto the 18th. And it straightens the hole out and it looks like where the golf hole should be. But going to the right and putting a tee up next to the river... It just creates this, makes this, gives you this sense of unease, and and very I, out of the box kind of. It's they're all yeah. out of the box shots, aren't they? You're right. It's, yeah, it's an uncomfortable shot. Yes, and I think that that typifies the the difference yeah. between the two. Dunes really actively makes you uncomfortable yeah. on every shot, whereas Lost Farm presents you with these these beautiful avenues to hit up, um, and you can still you can kind of get in as much trouble on either course. Um, everyone says Lost Farm's a lot wider, and probably objectively it is, but I found the dunes very wide as yeah. well. Oh, you Very hard to lose a golf ball at dunes, maybe on the third. You've got to hit it really wide. You're, if you're in that marram grass, you're dead. Yeah, that's right. You can't find it. it but don't go in there. There's snakes. There's snakes, yeah. But it's uh, deal. It's, it, you've got to hit a pretty poor shot to yeah. go that wide. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, if I've got one criticism of the dunes, uh, and it's a criticism of the whole property, the bunker rakes. <laughs> Lord, yes. Okay. Paths of pa- the paths have passed muster. The paths the are fine. Have they used to crush granite for the paths in those yeah. heavy traffic areas. That's a it's a good choice for it a is, it's public. It's really place. about the only choice you could have there. Truth yeah. be told, with the wind that they get through there, yeah. it's got to be heavy enough not to blow away. In, yeah, in, it can wash away a little bit it can, if it's in the wrong spot, but you can just sort of push it up and you can sort of you, you can work with. That's exactly right. Yeah. You can work with it and mold yeah. back into position. And it's good. It's nice to walk. It gets on. It's compacted and stuff. It's pleasant enough to walk on. It's yep. not too hard on the it feet. It fits in with the landscape. Makes it. I actually quite like the sound of it yep. underfoot. Sure, sure. It's it sounds good. Yep. Yeah. But really, what's wrong with the rakes? Really getting into the the path minutia. Yeah. yeah. Um, the um the rakes the rakes are way, really light and they've got these daggy plastic tines and stuff. You can make a case that you don't need rakes at I, all. I actually would property. make that exact case. I would get rid of them at. at Barnbeagle juice everywhere yeah. on the property. You kind of maybe don't need them because the wind is so strong that after a little while, everybody's footprints are sort of whipped out of yeah. the, the sand anyway. You just play lift, lift, drop it in the bunker if you want. I mean, yeah. there's no competitions. Yeah, yeah. They, they don't have competitions. No. The courses aren't rated. No. Effect- they're effectively not rated. They're certainly not listed in Golf Link. Um, but they're, um, uh, they do have slope ratings. If you want to look them up, they're pinned up on the on the pro shop there. But, yeah, the, the sand is that very um, – fine grain sand. Unfortunately, at dinner, I probably, Rob Williamson and Rob's wife, Karen, is <laughs> a lovely lady. Yes. She came to dinner and we started talking about the rakes. I wonder what she's saying about you. 
Well, I did, look, I, Karen, if you're listening, um, I held. I held back. A, she's not backing up for another crack with with, I, with you. I held back a little bit. We were talking about rakes in general, and I, we we're commenting on how good the rakes are at Concord. Of course, for you the were. recent New South Wales <laughs> Open, the rakes there are very good. Jesus, <laughs> and yes. I, I, I because I, I didn't want to seem like a weirdo, so I didn't, <laughs> I didn't reveal that I had a bunch of photos on my phone of rakes from Concord. <laughs> so, so I held back. But oh, yeah, Karen, I think, still thought that was a little bit weird, and she didn't come to dinner the next <laughs> night. <laughs> so. Okay, now I know this episode sounds like one giant ad for Barn Boogle Juice, but I promise you it isn't. The place really is that special. However, what I'm about to say about the Golf Society is an ad. As regular listeners know, the golfsociety.com.au are our network sponsors here at talkandgolf.com, and they also know that the Golf Society is Australia's leading online golf apparel concept store. Add to what they know the fact that the brands they stock at the Golf Society are the best in the business, everything from Hugo Boss and Ralph Lauren to Under Armour and G4 Shoes. The other thing regular listeners know is that they get a 20% discount at the Golf Society, even off sale prices, when they use the code TG at checkout. So if you're a regular listener and you know all this and you haven't dropped into the Golf Society for a while, why don't you do so now? And if you're new here and this is all news to you, then you should also go and check out thegolfsociety.com.au, buy something, and when you check out, don't forget to use the code TG to get 20% off no matter what it is that you buy. All that at thegolfsociety.com.au. Now back to Barnboogle Dunes. So you stayed over at the Dunes and you get the shuttle bus over. If everyone's, if everyone's not been there, this is not paid for by Barnboogle Dunes, by the way, any of this. This is just... This comes back to this point. I think it's an important facility, Barnboogle Dunes, because of what it offers as a public facility. Yep. It really is quite extraordinary. It's less than $100 a day US mm-hmm. to play all day mm-hmm. at either course. Less than $100 a day. And we are talking truly world-class golf courses. Yeah, we really it. are. Yeah. I mean, I think in the most recent Golf Australia rankings, <clears throat> Dunes was number two in Australia. Yeah. Lost Farm was number three. Yeah. Like, that's... Yeah. You could argue you could argue the toss about that with the courses that surround it, but you can't argue that they don't belong to be they don't deserve to be in the conversation. They absolutely do, uh, and the experience they offer is really quite extraordinary. Yeah, you almost can't have a bad golf course there. With um, I'm not saying it'd be easy to <laughs> give me a piece of land so and I could make something could, good, yeah. but the um, it's just off to such a great start with the land. You know, you compare it to uh, you know Kingston Heath or mm-hmm. something, and you, yeah. you wonder. You know how does Kingston Heath even have a have a look in? But it does. You know, which speaks many, to its testament to the <laughs> extraordinary right. property that Kingston Heath is. Absolutely, and many people would say you know Kingston Heath is better yeah. than either of those courses. But it's a toss up, which is a lot of things are attached to that too. Aren't there? There's memories of Kingston Heath as a tournament venue, and there's a lot of things going on with a club versus a public access facility like Barnbogle Dunes. Yeah, I, I think so, and. It's, but it is still golf. They're still both golf, but they're so different. They're completely different, yeah. Um, but then they do play quite similar. Like the, the mm, principles some, of yes. like the type of shot making you're doing at Kingston Heath or, or Royal Melbourne is, is kind of similar to a, Dune, a Dunes or Lost Farm. Um, but it's odd that Dunes and Lost Farm is off to such a head start with that amazing piece of land. And then you, got, you put world-class architects in the mix yeah. and it just can't help but be an amazing facility. But is it the sort of place you'd want to play every day? It'd be like having a roast dinner every night for dinner, wouldn't it? 
It's a bit much. Yeah, maybe. And look, and I suppose as in, in a business sense, this was always the issue for Bumboogle Gyms and then eventually Lost Farm. You kind of need to keep adding to it to keep people coming back. I think Bumboogle Gyms opened in 2004, yep. if I'm not mistaken. Something like that, yeah. And it made a huge splash, obviously, and we still talk about it with great reverence today, as we should. But in reality, I haven't been there for three years. And I'd say it's probably been an average of three to four years between each of my visits. I think I've been there four or five times now, so three to four years between each visit. And that's an issue for a business. How do they draw that return business? There's not enough local golf to keep that facility mm-hmm. going. And so that's a difficult question. Um, how do you make sure – how do you try to get people back each year? Uh, and clearly – they work as a business, the two courses together. I think the I think the addition of Lost Farm has really kind of created that. But I suspect that they've probably got thoughts of a third course now, mm-hmm. just in terms of time. You'd never get bored with it, but you're right, it would might be Bamboogle Jeans especially is too much stimulation for a daily Mm-hmm. golf course experience, I think. It, it, there's, there's just too much going on. It's incredibly exciting and extra. And you sort of think you'd say you could happily play there every day for the rest of your life, and you could, but my goodness, you'd be a... You'd be a bit overstimulated. <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be a bit of a basket <laughs> case. Like it, compare a that to St Andrews, because, again, I, I do get a bit of a St Andrews vibe mm-hmm. from the dunes just because of that golf aspect, the yes. way it engages you on every is shot. But- yeah, the aesthetic is different, but it engages you on every shot. And there's so many pathways to the green. Yes. Um, and there's so much to discover as well, like a, like Clayton's pool table. Yeah. And there's so many little things like yes. that to discover and lines that you can take in and everything. So it really gives you this St. Andrews vibe. Um, but uh, St. Andrews is much more playable every day. It's much more subtle. Yeah. There, there's You could just wander around uncovering the shades of grey at St Andrews on a daily basis for years. Whereas Junji can't just wander around passively sort of experiencing it. It is kind of in your face uh, in lots and lots of ways. So let's go over across to Lost Farm. Mm-hmm. Uh, having played the Junes, did you have any expectations about Lost Farm? Did you think it was going to be more of the same? I, I went in expecting that Lost Farm would be more my type of thing. Um, like I was very impressed with the Junes, but uh, – I've always been thinking I'm, I'm probably going to like Lost Farm. You're better. a Bill Core guy? Well, it's actually the first core Crenshaw okay. I've played because there's no... No, that'd be, uh, yeah, yeah, no I've played too, actually, and it's not a Crenshaw. It's just Bill Core. Oh, right. I don't okay. think it's got a Crenshaw. Okay. Um, yeah, because uh, it's, it's the only one in Australia, yeah, and I haven't played any overseas, so um, it's the only one I've played. So uh, I was intrigued by that. Uh, the, the idea that it has more width I, I thought was probably more my type of thing. Um, Certainly, standing on the first tee, you would imagine so. The first first fairway is nearly a hundred meters wide, I think, left to right. My mate Coxie missed it. Yes, yeah, <laughs> missed it just, by a long way, actually, out in the practice fairway. Yeah, the practice fairway. I, I won't mention who it was. <laughs> Good on you, Mike. <laughs> but, uh, no, it wasn't Mike. Uh, but yeah, that that's a very very wide fairway. Um, it's a real handshake hole, actually, isn't it? But wonderful way to start. It is a great not way to dissimilar start. to the old course, actually. Yeah, just this giant expanse of planet to hit at. Yeah, just have at it and and just enjoy the walk for that yeah, first. Very little much bit. so. That's uh, you it's know, not without strategy. There's this great anticipation. Yeah, I, I, I love a good first hole walk. And they both open with par fives, both the June's course and yeah, the June. The June's course not dissimilar. No, plenty of room right. to drive it up there yeah, on your first there. shot of the day, and plenty of room to lay it up, and yep. lots of space to hit it up near the green. Yeah, and you can, yeah, plenty of ways to stuff it up near the green. <laughs> um, the uh, yeah, I, I probably probably won't go through hole by hole on lost time because I actually don't remember them all perfectly. Um, but uh, you know, the, it, it is a good start. 
the third hole was a bit of a standout, um, a short par four short there par four with, with a big bunker in the front. Um, I birdied that as well. So, you know, it's a, it's, of course you remember it. Yeah. Uh, the uh, fourth is a lovely little par three, and it again has a Clayton's tee on the back right of the green. Oh yeah, for the fifth. Yeah, the fourth is uh, sort of like the Lost Farms version of the seventh, I guess, isn't it? It's yeah, it's nowhere near as difficult. No, it's it's, it's a far more inviting. It's shot more than the accepting, seventh, whereas very the, much the dunes is repeating. You can always chip it down there. Yeah, carry the little bunker that's in the on the fairway. You can just chip it down, and it'll run down. And yep, uh, the fifth obviously is a very dramatic. Um, so, so the rumour is that Adam Scott drove it I around that. that sand dune on yeah. the green, which is a staggering – if you've been to the Lost Farm, that's a staggering thing to consider. Yeah, on the on or near the green. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a very, very strong hole. It might be index one, actually, at Lost Farm. Um, There's about seven or eight of my golf balls on that dune on the right of it. Yeah. <laughs> Just from the last trip there. Forget about the previous ones. Yeah. yeah. Not it, a good hole for a cutter. You've got to take some unusual lines. Um so yeah, and that's that's probably the first of those where you, you've got to really go a lot further right than you think, um, but not too far right. Six a very sort of unorthodox little par three, isn't it? It's a strange little sort it's of. It's great little, green. It's fantastic green. It's just awkward and odd. Big half pipe green. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed that. Um, seventh, oh, seventh's the hole with a big hump in the middle of the fairway. I think is that right? Yes. Yeah, is it? Yeah. The fi- it might be the fifth green I'm thinking of that runs up the hill. That flows up the hill. Oh, always, yes, you are. Yes, yeah. The fifth and that is there. worth the price of admission alone yep. to me. That is the that's the most stunning green I think I've ever stood on, mm-hmm. walked on, putted on. It's just an extraordinary. I don't know who. They're not that dramatic. The steps in it, but it, it no, does flow very nicely. It's beautiful yeah. to look at. from yeah. the fairway. You look at it, and it's and from the green you look back down the green. And it's it's like a mm-hmm. like a reverse waterfall. It's magnificent. That green you could play as a little par three from yeah. the um, from Barnbugle Dunes across the river on uh, the fifteenth yeah. tee. Yes, fifteenth tee. You get a clear view of that fifth you green. Do. So yeah. have a look at that if you if you go down there. I think that's that's worth. It really is a thing of beauty, though. That green. I, I, whether it's just me, but I've all the very moment I saw that, it was like, wow! I've just never seen anything that comes close to that. Yeah. It's kind of like like the tenth, but better. Yeah, tenth on the dunes course. Hmm. Yeah, I putted straight at the hole like an idiot. Um, from the bottom, That's never the from play. the bottom step. It's never. Like, it is never the play, and I ended up twenty five <laughs> feet to the right. It it didn't look like it was going to do that, but it did it. And yeah, I hold the twenty five footer no, from. Of course you did. Yeah. Now that you so know, it was a now that you conventional know two putt. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so anyway, that was. It's there's, there's a fair bit of that. The, I found the on the greens between the two courses, the dunes where the pinnable positions were. Is actually not a lot happening. No, they're both they're they're kind of pretty flat around the pinnable positions, but there's a lot happening around the greens and in the mm-hmm. just it's just not so much in the interior of the green. But at Lost Farm, the interior of the green has a lot more, a lot going, more going on. on. Okay. Yeah, um, but it's a, another subtle difference between the two. And I always don't always working beautifully with the landscape. Both do that very really fair yeah. and sit beautifully on the land that they're on. Yeah, they're all. They all sit at grade, and there's all, lots of options for the ball to be fed in, and everything. It's yeah, they're they're just a different challenge. Um, yeah, so you got the sixth, the seventh, uh, the eighth. Uh, the eighth's that one that's Part got five. a bit of a Mark risk and reward. Earth. Yeah, uh, Again, you, you might be thinking of the ninth. Is no ninth is a shorter par four. You eighth sure? is the yeah. par five that goes that way, and then you cut across, and ninth comes back down past the motel. Okay, yeah. got rooms on the right. Yeah. The par five, the the green has a big fall off on the right hand side. The eighth, it's a it's a good hole. Maybe that's well, it's not right. memorable like some of the others. And the ninth again is a 
another green that sits beautifully in its site, but nothing else particularly stands out about the hole. Uh, and tents are par five. Par five from up high down through the dunes. Um, there's a really good – I mean, that there's a little corner from the 10th green um, through to the 12th green and, and the 11th tee, which is just a very nice – it's very flat. Lovely golf spot. Short grass everywhere and everything's connected. The, the transitions from green to tee – and then the linked fairways and everything is all just beautiful. That's and a great pickup, actually. That is a really golfy little spot, yeah, isn't yeah. it? It's just all golf, and you it's, it's, it's all golf. You hit off the eleventh tee, and you just you start walking up the hill to the eleventh fairway, and you look to your left, and there's a beautiful linked fairway, and it goes out into a paddock, and um, yeah, it's just a lovely little area. The probably the least remarkable golf territory on the yes. whole property, but it True. just has a really great feel Good of the place. Yeah, yeah I, wonderful. I kind of Pick like up. that walk. Um, you go up the hill on eleven, go down the hill again. Um, pretty, you know, pretty good green again. They're all good greens. Yeah, the greens um, are a real standout at Lost Farm. I think every yeah. one of the greens is is a really good green. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and twelve, the big sweeping par five, uh, right to left dogleg. Lots of little fairway bunkers and problems along the way, um, but actually not not that long. You can it's eminently reachable, I think. Um, but flat, remarkably flat mm-hmm. for the for the property. Uh, and then you cross a little road, road yep. and go to the thirteenth, which is the big uh, valley hole, very wide and Sweeping dramatic, right to left yep. around longish par four and thirteen uh, A. Is it maybe one of the best par threes on the whole property? Phenomenal, fabulous. <laughs> yeah, um, little hilltop to hilltop par three. Yep. Um, when it, there's a big climb actually from the. 13th green up to the 13th AT. I was pretty knackered by the time I got yes. up there. <laughs> um, uh, but the reward for that is that you get you get into this high point of the course where you play that um, pretty little par three, 13A. Then you walk through a, a little some little bushes to a tee up very high for the 14th, which is a standout hole, right? Um, all world par four. Which I just don't like. Oh, come on. Please. I just don't like it. I see everything about it that makes it a great par four, and I've just never enjoyed playing it. I've never played it well, which doesn't help. But That's a selfish proper way to think of the whole. But I just, I don't know, I just don't like it. Too much trouble on the right, maybe, for my liking. Too much severe. I mean, right is just like, I'm a, I'm a cutter. Well, I lost two balls on the right. Yeah. But <laughs> it, it just feels- take away my enjoyment of the whole. Unlike the fourth on the Dunes course, the 14th feels to me, it's a green I would never have a legitimate go at. They're similar length, aren't they? Downwind on the fourth at Bamboo, you think, I'll tell you what, if I catch one here, I can just carry that bunker and then good things will happen. On the 14th at Lost Farm, it's like, okay, everything has to be done exactly right here. Yeah, I think the entry to the green. I could still be in trouble. Yeah, there's no entry to the green, really, is there? Everything repels. Yeah. It's repellent, the entire green. It's it's the exact almost flipped opposite of the fourth at the dunes. And so for the recreational players, (laughs) it just doesn't feel like. It's kind of irresistible, though, even with that. Well, partly because there's not really an alternative. So you can hit two iron out to the left, and then you're left with a a brutally difficult three-quarter wedge-ish sort of shot with everything in front of you is just a steep hill that if you don't carry it on the green and stop it, it's dead. It's Everything about it's difficult. It's a really difficult hole. Hmm. Uh, let's not forget what a beautiful backdrop it oh, has. Stunning <laughs> yeah. backdrop. Although not yeah. a patch on the next, the 15th, the par three down the hill. Yeah, the par three down the hill is great. 
with the clubhouse the, on the left you and look the up, floor to ceiling glass yeah. in the restaurant is just yeah that is amazing I wanted to go to the restaurant during the day actually to see what that view was like yeah from, I, I didn't, from the other side looking out yeah, yeah uh, fabulous I didn't get to do that but it's um yeah the fifteenth's a pretty good par three down the hill there um much more with, it's, a, it's a receptive golf hole get the yep. ball moving forward chances are it's going to end up down on the green or near it yeah that's right yep. so um, bit of relief after the fourteenth absolutely uh, now sixteen is a par four that's flat. Yes. But it has some really intricate and clever bunkering to keep it interesting. It's a very flat piece of ground, yeah. uh, but it's actually a really quite an interesting golf hole with a fairly flat green at the other end, but there's enough going on to mm-hmm. to make it interesting to putt. Yeah, decent cover on the fairway bunker on the left, um, yeah. and then a narrow sort of entrance yeah, to the green. Yeah, you've got to do a bit of yeah. – there's, there's a bit to think about that. And then 17 is just an incredibly difficult par three up the hill. Yes, 17. Yep, I recall that hole. Yeah, that was. Uh, and if there's any tough. wind into you, it's an extraordinarily do. In fact, it's a par three that's probably beyond the capabilities of almost the majority. Yep, up agreed. that hill. Yep, that's uh, is very tough. And 18, uh, 18 is a very good par four, very strong par four. Spectacular, beautiful. Yeah. High tee shot, high tee down shot. on that looking resort. In, or the, Lots of bunkers sort of hidden off in the dunes yeah, on, the, on the sides real of the fairway. scattered Scottish feel yep, to it of it just does. these. Bunkers strewn all over the place and fantastic. Yeah, it's a nice journey from T to Green there. Yeah. And then there's a little 18A, which is... Which is the like betting a, hole out yeah, in front of Yeah, a good betting hole, yeah. You can imagine a crowd forming on the sports yeah. bar paved area there, a large crowd yeah. to watch something of interest happening on that yeah. betting hole. So, yes, they're completely different vibes. I'm with you. I think the Dunes is more my kind of golf. Mm-hmm. It's more of that sporty. Yeah. It's more sporty. Yeah. There's more thriller minute stuff. And the Lost Farm is the sort of course you could just keep playing and playing and playing and playing and enjoy it more and more. I, th- I suspect each time, but it's a bit subtler in its mm-hmm. in its presentation. Yeah. Now to the bit, that- it is Ireland versus Scotland, isn't it? Really, I- yes. Dunes I- being Ireland, yeah, very Scotland, much so. Scotland being Lost Farm, yeah. Uh, that's a that's a really nice comparison. Yeah. Actually, that makes a whole lot of sense. So anybody who's been to both places, uh, fantastic. Now to the bit that I missed out on, and I haven't been. This is where you're one up. Boogle Run. Mm. Now this is the trend in golf. It would seem at your modern woke golf facility is to have a short course so um bill core i think laid it out wasn't there for the construction and uh was built in the lead up to and during covid 14 holes i think tell us about boogle run what's the idea of this short course how short is it it's another thing well it's uh 12 par threes two par fours um but everything's pretty short i think the longest the longest par three would be 150 metres, maybe 145 metres. Okay. Uh, and the the majority of them are around 100, 110. Um, and a really interesting question is what clubs do you take out on it? Um, I was talking to Riley Johns and uh, that was one of his first questions to me. Is What, uh, what clubs I'm, did you take? I mentioned I took three clubs. And he goes, oh, what clubs? Which, one, which three? Th- this really fed into their deci- design decisions about what they were going to do with the course. And- there's there's a crucial little juncture which is really the determining factor because one of the par fours has a very intimidating carry um, to just to get to the fairway the, the fourth you've got to hit a decently long shot there um, but I took six iron wedge and putter um, and six iron could have gotten there I think but on that loop we actually didn't play that par four so I got away without that <laughs> we <laughs> went around it a few times and look this is the whole appeal of the thing is that uh, it's it's just what you want for that spare golf like you Clates and Mike went out and played 14 uh, at the dunes which was great Boogle Run would have with, been the ideal with a little bit of spare daylight you had 
Google Run would have been perfect for that scenario, just with a few clubs, a lot less stress, stress. you know, and and fun. Just Pocket a lot of golf fun. balls, three clubs in here. exactly, a few beers as well, uh, which is what we did. We we played in a seven ball. I don't know if that was strictly allowed. They're kind of discouraging that, but you they're also both. marketing it as needing as being yeah. for that sort of thing. No, it's a, it's a much less formal. I mean, the whole place is less formal than most golf clubs, but that's a, the less formal part of that less formal experience. So yeah, we didn't. Didn't let Roscoe know. Roscoe, if you're listening, then yeah, sorry about that. But we got away with that. We played in seven ball. Um, the uh, the the we, it's about two hours, I think, to get round. Okay, well, maybe less. Should be less actually. Um, we, we got held up a little bit actually when we went around with the seven ball. <laughs> so okay, um, uh, people, I think their first go around it try and play it like a proper course. Um, and that's kind of missing the point. Uh-huh. It's it's meant to be a fun thing where you where you run around and try different shots and um, and play weird formats and things, uh, which we tried to do a little bit of. We played a bit of skins. We played a couple of holes of foursomes. Um, we cut across fairways and played our holes out of order and just to avoid groups and things. So was it busy? The yes. whole place? Yeah. Well, yeah. yes, yes. Okay. Th- this gets to the thing where I think they could have more beds though because. There, there were. It wasn't that busy. Like it wasn't packed, um, and I feel like they could sell a lot more tea times if they had more beds, or, or more perhaps more single beds, because like the rooms in the villa this is getting a little bit obscure. But the rooms in the villa are all double beds. Mm. Like they're magnificent. Yeah, they're all with they're, their own ensuite. That's fantastic. <laughs> but those 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 villa rooms could be split as like a twin twin singles or something. I think is the industry. Not at my age, buddy. <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> I don't do that. Not at my age. Yeah, I reckon you could get a lot more golfers out there. Um, but yeah, so Google Run, a uh, few outstanding holes. Um, in fact, they're all pretty amazing. There's a little change of character the course goes through. The first, the second, and then the 13th and 14th back to the clubhouse. Uh, a little out of character with the other 12 holes. Oh, sorry, the other uh, 10 holes. Um, because they're on this flatter piece of land before you get into the big dramatic dunes. So they just kind of connect the clubhouse to the this little ridge line of dunes. Uh, I might be wrong here, but I think the whole thing is just on one big dune that's um, sort of in between a few holes in Lost Farm. You was, I think you were saying it got discovered when there was a fire that burnt yeah, out a lot of the brush there. Golf Australia magazine, yeah. Yeah. Um, and funnily enough, while we were playing it, there was another fire starting <laughs> to get out of control. Just <laughs> Another short course coming soon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, burning some cardboard or something, I don't know, but that that got away from them and they had a little fire, which they eventually got under control. Um, but, uh, yeah, the um, you go sort of along one side of this big ridge or this big dune and then come back along the other side. So if, if the, every penalty seems to be like a big cliff on the right of, of most of the holes, but that is used in different ways on every hole, and it's it's extremely interesting. And there's another Sitwell Park type of green there. The third is this little up par three with a really dramatic green. The fourth, as I said, is a par four with a very difficult carry off the tee. Interesting ring of bunkers that you can try and carry to get a better shot into the green. And then a green with a bunker in the middle, but uh, but you can not in the middle of the green, but in the front middle, and but with feeder slopes either side of it. So regardless of what line you take off the tee, you've got some sort of interesting shot that you can play in there. Um, there's a par three, which is very puttable from the tee, okay. which is a fun little interlude. Um, and there's a 
uh, a par three towards the end. Uh, I think it is the tenth. I might be wrong there. It might be the ninth, uh, which has an amazing reveal. Um, you you come off at a green and then you Spoiler look to your left for- and. <laughs> Just, just come off the green, look to your left. You'll you'll be amazed. <laughs> you'll you'll see um, what you uh, But it's another one which has an incredible sort of feeder slope. It's like a, a punch bowl in a big punch bowl, and uh, I think it's designed to be able to feed the ball along this ridge line. You could you could putt it off the tee, but it's a long hole. It's like 150 meters. Be a big putt, um, but it, it it's not quite working at the moment. There's, the grass still has to come in. I think it needs a season to yeah. Everything to work right. Yeah, very new. Only and, in March, I think so. Yeah. And they probably want to come back and have another look at it now that it's all been grassed and that it's in play. They'll probably want to tweak a few things, I think. Um, but yeah, it's spectacular. It's just exactly what you want. So that's all the golf nerdy stuff, which we haven't done for a while, actually, on Good Good, in fairness. We haven't done much in the way of architectural stuff. We've been talking about bigger issues like public golf and gender stuff and all those sorts of things. I think Barnboogle is important in all of those other ways as well. What's your take on sort of the role it then plays in the Australian golf landscape? We're a nation of golfers who I think are too addicted to formal competition golf mm-hmm. and that seems to bleed into every aspect of the game in so many ways at clubs around, you know, the, the culture of a lot of clubs, the game being very formal and very formulaic, very sort of dictated. Barnboogle feels to me like the example that if – golf generally was to follow a bit more, the game would be in a better place. Do I, am I making sense with mm. that? Yeah, well, I don't think anybody scores at Barnboogle, do they? It's just, could ne- I could not tell you what I've ever shot at Barnboogle. No, I, I, I don't. And if I did, it would be meaningless because there's mm. lots of balls in there. There's all yeah, sorts of stuff exactly. that you just... Something it, happens at some point to ruin your score so badly that it becomes yeah. a bit of a fast. But then you can give score. up on it and just get on with enjoying e- exactly. golf, in fact. Exactly. And it might not be lost balls. It might be like you get to the seventh and you just can't – you go five times trying to putt it up the hill and you don't get it on the green. And it just doesn't feel right to be even bothering to score at that point. Like, now, it's a, it's a fabulous place to play match play. Yeah. that It is magnificent for that. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Um, and you'd be holding everything up, I think, if you tried to hole out on every hole. God, just don't. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, just don't. So um, it isn't – it just – I know that sounds – like a woke sort of attitude to take, but it, it really doesn't. I just I think most people's reaction would be to not score. So I've met, I think, one person who doesn't like it, didn't like it, didn't like the whole experience of Bamboogle Jones. Yeah, very low marker, long time low figure player, like scratch one, two. In fact, got upset at one point because he got out to two for the first time in 20 <laughs> something years. So a good player and a pennant player and just didn't like it. Didn't like the nature of the course. I'm not sure that it's for everybody, but I feel as though if everybody went to experience it, they'd have a better understanding of some of the elements that you see in golf in Scotland and Ireland, where people take the game a lot less seriously than we do here in Australia. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that could be the case. Um, it, it's, it gives all Australian golfers a cheap way to experience that lobotomy that you get when you come back back to your home course and forget everything that you've learned. Um, it's we've, we've got that opportunity here to to give club golfers and committee members the opportunity to learn what it's like to play fun links golf 
where fun is the objective. Yes, uh, maybe that's what it is. I mean, the the informality of the place generally really does. You can go to resort courses in Queensland that have got a resorty feel, but there's almost a formal fun factor. You're here to have fun. Bamboogle Dunes and Lost Farm, to me, both inspire you to just have fun. You stand at that 13th green on the Dunes course, and there's I can't imagine any golfer not spending 15 minutes there if they could, yeah. just chipping and putting and watching the ball on the ground, doing fun things. And it's not putt-putt golf. It's not carnival golf where you putt through the clown's mouth. It's a really interesting test of whether you can read slopes and speed and trajectory and get all those things right. Yep. It's a very- we, we actually had that experience with- uh, Mike and I went out for a quick nine holes before we had to get the plane back. We played that back nine at, at Dunes. We got to 13 and we joined up with a bloke who was un- like, he's not a club golfer. He was just, his wife was over at the spa and he was like, I'm just going to play some golf. This this place looks amazing. And he was a pretty good golfer. If he had a handicap, he would have been off, you know, 12, 13, something like that. Um, and he, we were, we got to the 13th. Mike and I, as we're walking off the green, we started hitting parts. And he saw us and he's like, Oh, can what, you do that? What are you doing? <laughs> like, and, and he yes. had a little go at it as well. And we, we didn't hang around there forever, but we, we did, um, we had a little putt. And I could see that guy, little light bulb went off in his head. He's like, Oh, this, this right. Okay. This isn't like when I go play at Launceston. No, that's where, right. Yeah. <laughs> just, as long as you're not holding up a yeah. group behind who's waiting on the tee. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why, why wouldn't you? They're, they're like, oh, that, that's what. Like, we were just throwing balls up the slope and seeing what happens to them. <laughs> Don't and have things to like use that. clubs, do you? Yeah. That's exactly right. And and he was looking at that, like, at first he was like, what are these blokes doing? And then he was like, oh, that looks like fun. And he joined them to the pro shop. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know there's some blokes out here? <laughs> yeah. Does it. Um, I always find a trip to Bumbugal Juniors has invigorated me and my attitude to golf. We know that in Sydney here, we don't live in a. It's not the golf capital of Australia. It's there's not a lot of great golf to be had in Sydney, and what is great is pretty inaccessible for most people. Bamboogle Dunes to me always reinvigorates all the things about golf that I truly love. That the uninteresting golf we're often presented with on a weekly level at club golf, and <laughs> particularly here in Sydney, kind of sucks out of you over time. Did you find that? Well, a little bit. It gets back to this thing of you know how does like. The, it just has such a head start with that piece of land. Mm, absolutely. Like, how is this other thing even called golf? <laughs> well, <laughs> where we play in a parkland and tree lined and so. And I, I was looking at you know the place where I play and just thinking about how much more narrow it is than mm. dunes. And everyone complains about how penal dunes is or how demanding it is, but it's it's not. In a in a sense, but it's not claustrophobic. It's not even close to as demanding as some of the shots where you're not given any choice. It's like the the shots in, in typical Sydney golf. There is no choice. It's just can you execute this particular? There's shot. one question being asked: Can you hit it straight? Sometimes you've got to hit a fade. Sometimes you've got to hit a hook. But it's just asking that question: Can you hit that shot? Mm. Whereas Dunes is presenting you with a smorgasbord of options. Um, and there's a, usually an obvious option as well, which is – so it still asks that question for the average golfer of, like, can you hit this shot? But then if you look a bit – if you look deeper, there's other options presented to you, and that's that's really interesting as well. And it brings in that whole, you know, delayed penalty mm-hmm. thing and, the, you know, the second shot's harder. Like, what 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 is it to hit a good golf shot? Is it, 
you know. Is it the result? Is it the result? Is, is it, it the is shot? It, is it how easy it makes the next shot? All that is it the shot you pictured? Matt Goggin told me on the thing about golf that the perfect golf shot you almost never hit, and it doesn't doesn't matter where it finishes, it's the shot you saw. When yeah. the ball does what you saw, and for him, who's mm-hmm. world-class player, that's really rare. You don't hit many of those in your life, and yeah, they might not finish where you want them to because they catch a bump or they do something, they do this, but that's what a perfect golf it's a good way is. It's a good shot. It's a good type of golf to aspire to, I think, mm. where – you just you hit it where you're looking. <laughs> That's it's a it's an unfair sort of a comparison. But when's the last time you walked off your own golf course into the clubhouse, full of excitement and chatter, where people are talking over each other about the experiences you've just had on the course, the holes you've just played, mm-hmm. that whole match play thing? Yeah. Yes, it's got the advantage you've you've spent money to go away on a holiday. It's a bit like going to a comedy club. People turn up ready to laugh. The comedian's got a head start. They've come there expecting <laughs> yeah, to laugh. Yeah, yeah. Kind of got to be bad not to not to get a response. <laughs> They're rooting for you. Yeah. That's right. So it's got a bit of that about it. But in fairness, uh, it it ignites all those things about golf. I think, which are the reasons why you fall in love with it. I played golf for a number of years before I went to Scotland. I fell in love with golf in Scotland, yeah. at Ireland. Because of what it could do. Mm-hmm. And I think Barnboogle Dunes is the same. It's an experience I think everybody should have. It won't be everybody's cup of tea. But the few people I've taken there, whilst they've come back and had the lobotomy, mm-hmm. <laughs> it seems to me, uh, they have had a light bulb go off that has said to them, this game can be so much more fun than what we're making it. Mm-hmm. And you can recreate that. In Sydney, for example, I think we have an element of that at Bonnie Doon. Um, mm-hmm. That's a very sporty course, yeah, which true. has a lot of those same characteristics. Um, as I said, you know, the sand belt in a in a weird way plays the same yes. as as Barnboogle Dunes and and Lost Farm. Um, they, and uh, look, we saw Stratford, uh, sorry, um, Concord uh, at the New South Wales mm-hmm. Open, another dope course, uh, and yeah, it. It has some of the characteristics of a of a Barnboogle Dunes, so it can be done. Uh, I think that's that's a lesson for club golfers to to take back is that you can recreate that experience somewhat in in Sydney golf. Um, they're not that different a game. Um, it's not not completely incompatible, but there is. I mean, to your point about how exciting it is and the difference about the chatter when you get off the course. The, the comment I made on like I posted a tweet. About Barnboogle Dunes. You were quiet on Twitter, actually, during the whole trip, I noticed. I, I figured you were saving up a photo essay that we're going to get to see at some point. You well, I've want, posted a You few. want to waste it on Twitter, which is fair enough. <laughs> I've posted a few. But the um, the, the comment, I, I wanted to think of a comment that sums up the place. And uh, the, the comment I, I think is, you know, there's some courses where you play them and you've wanted to play them for a long time and you, you, get, you get it done and you think, good, I've played it now. Tick. Tick. Um, but there's other courses, and I've put very few in this category. There's other courses where you you have all that expectation, and then you play them, and you're immediately scheming about how to get back out there and play them again. And Barnboogle Dunes is definitely one of those. It's a hell of an achievement when it, the expectation placed on it is so enormous before you get there, and for it to exceed, and for most people it exceeds. It doesn't just mean it exceeds. Yeah. Because yeah. having been, it's like a movie, isn't it? When everyone tells you how good it is, you immediately start thinking it can't be that good. I'm going to go mm-hmm. looking for the things that are wrong with it. I'm determined not to like this. Just be- <laughs> or is that just me? 
Oh, no, I've uncovered something like it's just me. Maybe. Is it? <laughs> I'm the one who's. Is it? Now, I know it taps into our area, our, our area of interest, but the entire experience of Barn Boogle Dunes, including all the sites, but the entire experience of Barn Boogle Dunes is built around the design of the golf course. And I feel like we still underrate and underestimate the importance of the design of golf courses in making the game fun and something people love. Not just get addicted to, but truly love. Put something, putting golf first. Yes. It pays off. I mean, how can it work otherwise? Because that place is in the middle of nowhere. Like, if it wasn't good golf, you know, no one would go there. Um, They're not going to go there for the spa. You can get that anywhere. They're not going to go there for the seafood chowder, although it's pretty good. Although they probably should by the sound of it. Um, it needs great golf. Um, that's it's part of the formula, um, and you know I think if more clubs. It, well, the other thing is it's it's not it's not run on a multi million dollar budget. Oh, good lord, no! Well, um, completely affordable without being rude. What did it cost you for? What you four days you were there? Uh, two nights, three days, and well, we had some good rates from Mike, but it was uh, you know less than a thousand dollars. That's an amazing value. Yeah. <laughs> to me, all you need to set aside, yeah. and this is not to <laughs> all you need to set aside. For some people, $1,000 is an extraordinary amount of money. But you, if you set aside $1,000, you can have an amazing trip to Bamboogle Dunes. Yep, yep. And you won't spend any more than that. No. That's absolutely doable. It is doable. Only only just. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not saying you pay for flights on points or something like that. You can, you can pull that off. Um, but that is amazing value for money. For you're going to have three or four games of golf, um, and you're staying in a great resort with fantastic food. Um, Hard to call it a resort, isn't it? But it, it is, I guess. But it, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't look like any resort, resort you've ever been to. Um, no pools. Conjures images of pools and yeah. sunshine. The weather Art is trees. a whole other thing which we haven't really talked about. But the the uh, you, you actually kind of want it to be bad weather for at least one or two of the days. You need that. You need to come home with that battle scar, don't you? To be yeah. able to say, oh, I played Bamboo when it blew. For sure. And people might have seen on Twitter from our trip, Rob Williamson posted a photo of him playing the seventh at, at Bamboo Dunes into what looked like on Twitter, like a ridiculous wind. But I, I was there. It wasn't that bad, but it looked ridiculous on Rob's post. Um, but there's something comforting, weirdly comforting about that uh, that wind. And it's not relentless. Like you actually, you dip down into hollows and you get this bit of relief and it can feel quiet um, when you're in a hollow and then you come up to an exposed area and you start you start getting assaulted again <laughs> by by the rain and you, you come away, your face gets sort of red and ruddy because <laughs> uh, I think, you know, the salt water's whipping off Bass Strait or something. And uh, it's, um, but there's something comforting about it. It's it's not you're not really getting drenched. You're just getting. Do they've ever had rain at Palmer? I don't remember. Yeah. Oh, actually, once and luckily, it was I reckon just, you could get drenched there. There's just on the fourth green, and we ducked into the little hut there that, oh, on the fourth Ridges, green, and just Ridges hut, or Ridges hut, and we just rode it out in there. Yeah. Twenty five minutes, it pelted down, and then it was gone. Yeah, and you kind of if it's blowing strong wind, it, it strangely sort of dries you out. Mm. Um, and then there's a fantastic fireplace in the dunes. Oh. <laughs> So. Yes. They get <laughs> everything right, I think, yeah. by, by doing it the way an accountant would never tell you to do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's how they've managed to do it all right. It's fantastic. Well, the brief for the clubhouse there at the Dunes, mm. the conference bit has been added on since, but the brief for the clubhouse was, Richard Sattler said to the architect, if this whole golf thing goes belly up, I want to live in this. Yeah. So it's a house. Yeah, it's perfect for that too. And it's absolutely ideal for it. Yeah. It's oddly set away from the water, um, but in a way that 
that sensible. It doesn't seem right to stick it on the beach there. Um, no, and the temptation would have been to have put all of the beach boxes up on the yeah. journey to the left of the ninth overlooking right, the water. Yeah, and it would have yeah. ruined the entire thing. Yeah. It's quite a brave development in a lot of ways, and I'm glad it's been successful in as much as it's proved that. The golf there should take centre stage, and it does. And that's the reward. You spend so little time in the huts or oh, the, exactly. the villa or anything like that. We had a magnificent view of the first fairway from the villa, but we are only there for, you yeah, know. You're in there in the morning and you come back in yeah. the evening. Yeah. I mean, pretty much if it's light, you're out playing golf. You're out playing golf. That's who's going to Barnboogle and why. The last time we – I think it was the last time we did just the two of us on a podcast is when you'd been to St Andrews to the old calls for the first time. And I remember discussing at the time that that's a spiritual experience for some people. And I think you found that. I certainly found that. There's something quite spiritual about going there. Do you get that from Barnboogle Jones or is it something different? It's something different. I think that for me, St Andrews, I, went, I was there by myself and that made it pretty spiritual because I was in my head the whole time mm-hmm. <laughs> thinking about it. It was pretty cerebral. Um, and I still met people along the way, but that added to the intensity of it, actually. It's such of a history. Meeting strangers and, yeah, and yeah. interacting with them and stuff. and Fellow travellers on a journey. Doing yeah. things. That, yeah, there was something very intense about that, and uh, it, was, it was very kind of emotional, um, that whole thing. Bamboo Dunes, I think, is just set up for fun. So there's, um, there's a lot more opportunity for just you know going with a group. And that's probably most people's experience of it. I think so, yeah. going in a group. Yeah, I've never been by myself. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a lot of fun to do as a group, and that certainly doesn't make it a spiritual thing. It makes it makes it uh, really fun and memorable, um, memorable thing. It, it, it is different. Yeah. yeah, it's invigorating, isn't it? Yeah. And lastly, um, how'd you feel after walking? 36, 54 holes a day for three – because you can't help it. You go out and play. That's what you do. If there's light, you play. That's what you do. It's why you're there. You can feel it when you come home. Have, yeah. you, have you aged? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> You're older I'm than you thought? Sore all over. Yeah, it's a lot of golf to play. I don't know how tour pros actually go out and play. That's a lot of golf tour pros play every week. Well, they, because they do it every week. Yeah. They are incredibly golf fit. Yeah. And even the likes of John Daly, who's golf a fit. great physical specimen, he's yeah. incredibly golf fit. He'll walk you into the ground. Craig a, Parry would walk you into the ground. It's a thing, isn't it? Golf fit. Yeah. So, I don't know, I'm not golf fit. But I, I've been, in my defense, I've been through a period of like intense, uh, I've been working quite hard, Rod. I <laughs> actually been, know that you have. Yeah. <laughs> For the first time since I've known you, you really have been working quite hard. It's, it's quite a transition to be like hunched over well, the desk. Well, that must be quite confronting for you. Yeah. <laughs> Just <laughs> to actually suddenly realize, go and yeah, play 36 holes a day. Um, and it's, you know, it's not an easy walk. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it, I'm, I'm t- very tired. I've had a very good sleep on Sunday. And just to finish up, are you scheming to get back? Absolutely. Already? Yeah, I'd like to make this uh, every year thing. Yeah. yeah. One of the great things, actually, is above that fireplace where everybody leaves their annual trophies, yeah, all the right. golf trip There's a whole people. bunch of people who go back every yeah. year. That's exactly right. And they keep all those. And there's some fabulous ones there. What's the, is, there, is there a tree branch with a ball embedded in it? Maybe if I recall, there's a lot of exotic. There's some very there. exotic looking trophies there. <laughs> there's one trophy yeah. I think which features a picture of Princess Diana. Or, Ooh, I don't know what that's there. for. There you go. Yeah. There's a femur bone there. Which, uh, Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, been good to chat, Logue. I'm glad you've finally been to Barnburgle Dunes, uh, and you may have inspired me. I think I'm going to have to go back. At oh, good. In fact, we should take the podcast down there. Yes, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Whether some listeners want to come, or we did a uh, state of the game. Golf course architecture in there with clates, yep. which was just, yeah, if you're into that sort of thing, 
what a way to experience bamboogle jeans in the company of Mike Clayton to just walk and talk and listen. And In fact, the one mistake we made in hindsight, we should have just had a course walk one afternoon with Clayton. Mm. Just left the clubs mm-hmm. and all 18 of them, I think it was 15 or 18 of them, just, just go out and walk the course and just ask Clayton's questions. And You don't have to. You can let Clayton talk. He'll always have a story to tell you. In fact, if memory serves, the 18th at the June's course was going to be the original 10th. Was going to go right. out from the clubhouse in the opposite direction. Oh, in that direction. Ah. And I think it was Mike Kaiser who said, "No, no, 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 no. Okay. It's got to be the eighteenth coming back in." This well, they got it right. Yeah, Clates talked about it in that podcast that we recorded down there on that architecture. But anyway, we'll definitely get back to back mm. to Barnbugle June. Mm. Thank you for that, Luke. I'm glad you've been now. I feel better about things. Yeah. No, I'm I'm better by you know that's it's it was a hole in my golfing heart which has been filled. Bucket list item ticked. Well done. Big week for all of us. Episode 73, done and dusted. If you're still with us, you too have a sickness. We'll be back next week to do it all again on episode 74 of the Good Good Golf Podcast.